Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Page 1014, Mark's Gospel, Chapter 10. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and bless them. Thanks, Peter. Very good morning to you all. We're going to continue to look um, through, we're in our series in Mark, and we're going to continue with this wonderful passage this morning. Let's pray as we begin. Father God, we've sung your praises already. We've prayed to you. We know you're great, but I pray as we listen to you speak to us this morning, we would know you to be greater still and we thought coming in this morning, we would know our need for you, we would know our weakness, and we would know that everything that we are and everything that we need is met in the Lord Jesus Christ. Please encourage us deeply with your words this morning. Amen. I don't know if any of you are important enough to be invited to such a thing as the World Economic Forum. That was on a couple of weeks ago in January, and I enjoyed reading the media um, reported about this, this idea of a secret list. Anything that says secret in the title, I always want to click to see what, what that's about. A secret list that was leaked showing that delegate, delegates of the conference were categorized numerically. So everyone that turned up was categorized in importance from number one to number seven. Secretly, they didn't know it, um, but the organizers had planned it this way on their position level. So those ranked uh, as ones were given such labels as the top executive or head of state. Uh, twos held positions such as senior executive or deputy head of state, and so on and so, so forth, down to um, number seven, the sevens, who were recognized as the functional staff. Uh, I, I often feel like that in my home. I think that's what I am, the functional staff uh, at home. Well, we're continuing in our series in the Gospel of Mark this morning, and, in this, and today we look at how Jesus' disciples showed that they would fit very comfortably into the planning committee for the World Economic Forum. They have their own ranking system. Uh, they're towards the top, and children this morning very much towards the bottom of that list. Not important enough to warrant the Lord Jesus' attention. But what level do we need to be at to be accepted by Jesus? What do we need to do? How good do, do we need to be? Well, our passage this morning answers such questions. So over the last few weeks, we've seen the Lord Jesus has many radical things to say about life. And this morning he teaches what sort of person you need to be to be accepted by God. And we see it through his interaction with children. So the cultural backdrop here is a very different one from our own. So it's very far from the idea of Ofsted inspections, kids clubs, and parents moving house to popular school catchment areas. Now the early Jewish and Christian literature that reflected the time 
Well, you have to work quite hard to find anything that views children positively. And childhood was recognized really as an unavoidable interim between birth and adulthood. And it is within this cultural setting uh, we have our two different groups which we're going to look at this morning. So we'll look at our two groups in the passage and then we'll finish with very much the person at the center, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have two different groups. First one being the disciples. Well, we've already learnt, haven't we, of the disciples' mindset um, from previous chapters. They've showed themselves already to be hungry for power and control. That's what they like. They've argued in chapter 9 about who's top dog among them. They've abused their authority by being exclusive. They've prevented someone that was following Jesus, a believer. Well, he wasn't one of the 12, but he wanted to follow Jesus. And they've prevented him from casting out demons in Jesus' name. And now, again, we see this morning, they prevent children from coming to Jesus. And on both occasions, Jesus tells them, do not stop them. It's a striking rebuke here. It's clearly very serious what the disciples are doing. He's indignant of the disciples' behavior. Well, why so? Well, the disciples, they're proving proud and very slow learners. Jesus has already made it very clear to them. His kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, is very different from what they have in their heads. It's, if you like, the upside-down kingdom. That's what he's introducing to them. This kingdom that they know nothing about is very different to how they think. They think. The disciples' understanding of how things work, well, they're being flipped over, upside down. So the way of victory, well, the way of victory means death. To follow him means to be last rather than first. It's about service, cost, commitment. There's no ranking system. The smallest and the least are recognized and loved they're made in God's image. He's made every single one of them. Jesus has come to serve. He's come to serve and he's come to save. Not to belittle and to look down on people as we are so often guilty of doing. Yet the disciples, while they've got it deeply ingrained in their psyche, importance is calculated by what you can offer. Your gifts, your skills, your competence, your experience. And so we find in these children, while Jesus teaches an unforgettable lesson, the human race is in deep trouble. They've rejected, we've rejected God our maker. We've decided to try and take control from him. And while the consequences, as you know, are great hatred, anger, deep relational hurts, war, divorce, the story is we're in huge trouble and Jesus calls his disciples along. He brings them in, and he wants to teach them how he's going to fix that. He is the only one capable of doing something about it. But the disciples, well, they're too busy squabbling and jostling for power. And it's crucial, they learn, this is not God's way for us. It's not how he designed us to be. The disciples, you see, they're still thinking competitively, still working on what level a person is in the hierarchy, trying to fit in among that. Their thoughts of identity and self-worth and purpose, well, it's so deeply tied in with productivity and success. Important people 
mix with important people. Jesus is important. Yes, they'd recognize Jesus is important. So he must keep company with other influential people, other people that can shake things up, have strategic influence. Those are the people Jesus should be interested in, not children. But this isn't who Jesus is. And it isn't what he expects from his followers. You see, when Jesus called his disciples to follow him, we find that that out in the early chapters of Mark, when he calls them to come, well, he doesn't measure their IQ or look at exam results. He doesn't require them to take an ethics test. Even he simply asks them to follow. But as Jesus' fame rises, he's doing wonderful, spectacular things through the country. And the disciples see that. And rather than being humbled at seeing him up close and personal, well, their own sense of importance starts to rise. They start to think themselves important because other people are following Jesus. And they promote themselves. They promote themselves to being gatekeepers to the Almighty. I think that's generally how they see the role. Now, gatekeepers to the Almighty, the bouncers that can limit people coming. And Jesus is teaching them, that's not your place. You cannot set the standard for who is able to come to me. A person's worth is not in how important society says they are or what indeed they can offer. And for us this morning, well, we have the same lesson to learn. It's a simple lesson, but a difficult, difficult one to apply. We cannot contribute to making God accept or take interest in us. And I wonder where your sense of self-worth and purpose lies this morning. What criteria are you measuring yourself by? How would you rank yourself in being a good Christian? Are you a good Christian? If I got you, I won't do this, don't panic, but if I got you all to stand up and look around you and decide where you are in the in sort of the ranking of best Christian at Christchurch Fullwood in this hall today. So the very worst Christian can stand on this side and line up gradually getting over to the best Christian. Where would you put yourself on that line? Or the better question, how would you measure it? How would you measure whether you're performing good Christian or not? Well, the disciples' problem was that they believed they deserved to be in Jesus' presence. They thought they, were, they deserved to be there. They were important enough for God to use them, but not the children. They cannot be worth taking up Jesus' precious time. They don't offer anything. And this is where we come to our second group, the children. Well, what is it about the children? Well, Jesus isn't talking about their innocence. Here, you'll know that as you watch a a two-year-old grab a a soft toy jealously off their, their baby sibling or as I had experienced this Wednesday, a multi-pronged attack of snow going from three different angles down my jumper on Wednesday morning, I can tell you now very clearly, children aren't innocent. There's no innocence um, in them. And so Jesus isn't drawing on their innocence. No, these children teach us about what they can offer. They're babies, they're infants, they're young. Jesus is taking them into his arms. They must be quite small children. What do they bring? Well, you know, don't you? They bring absolutely nothing. They are brought to him by others. These are little children. And if you ask um, someone like Joey and and Yasmin Kurczynski, who are in the church family here, they've just had a a six-week-year-old little Ella. 
And if you ask them what Ella brings to the table, what she contributes now to the family, well, they'll probably either laugh or they'll cry depending on how much sleep they've had over such a question. I wouldn't recommend asking them that, actually. But feeding, nappies, burping, cuddling, no just nipping to the shop anymore. No, this is a full-blown trip to co-op is a successful day. If you've made it out that morning, you get back alive. Well, you've done it for the day. The bar has changed. Ella is completely reliant on mummy and daddy. Well, that's who young children are. They're completely reliant on others, looking, others to look after them. And remarkably, and probably against every instinct within us, that's how we're meant to come to Jesus. You see, this is the kingdom that the Lord Jesus is building. It's not cities filled with the best and the brightest subjects, but a kingdom with an unbelievably powerful and capable king who looks after everyone else. Now, in many ways, that might sound quite offensive to us. I imagine it does. Because when we contribute, we feel valued and needed And it's likely that for those of us with the best education, those who have been invested in by others, mentored, those of us who are the most gifted among us, well, this is going to be very challenging to get. You see, the disciples themselves, they were gifted. They were heavily invested in Jesus, spent all his time with them, teaching them. And they were really struggling to get this, to understand but it should be a deep comfort to us. When we understand who we are and who the Lord Jesus is, we should want nothing else than this truth. Because what it means for each and every one of these children, as they come to the Lord Jesus, well, it means rest. It means stability. It means peace. It means utter assurance. Now, I know many of us here will fear failure, will be filled with anguish and insecurity, perhaps not feeling as successful and capable as other people perceive you to be, and you wonder how long you can keep up that illusion of control, everything's okay, competence. Well, the young children have nothing of that when they come to Jesus. They're too young. They just need him. There's no need for performance, There's no need to pretend. There's no need to be acceptable, have an acceptable level of morality, even, or knowledge. They simply land up before him, unrecognized, unimpressive, having accomplished absolutely nothing in life so far. And it's these who receive the kingdom of God. A kingdom, it's a kingdom filled with 0% net contributors to their entrance cost. You see, children, they simply take what is given to them. So the baby takes the dummy, the toddler takes the, co- the toy this week. If you're taking it, if you're a parent here and you're taking your kids out on half-term trips or perhaps going on a holiday, well, you will know very quickly the kids contribute nothing. I, I quite directly ask my kids when we're going out for an expensive day to contribute and they laugh at me. That's their first response. Uh, uh, I'm waiting for the day that I... Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll not go there. We'll not go there. Some of it is adults contribute, kids receive, don't they? That's the simple lesson 
of Mark 10, when it comes to being part of God's kingdom, be like the kids. Just come, just receive. You see, our kids represent something very important to us. Our kids here at Christ Church Fullwood, as we see them running around, they represent something very, very important to us. They represent the kind of people who will inherit the kingdom. They're very visually aided of who gets in to the kingdom. God's kingdom will be filled with people who have a childlike need. See, children, they stand for the kind of dependence and helplessness and need and insufficiency and faith that is required of adults, each and every one of us, to enter the kingdom of God. You see, the kingdom of God, as it says in this passage, belongs to such as these. You see, this is the upside-down kingdom that Jesus brings. And our babies, our infants, well, they point us to this way of salvation. And as we apply this to ourselves, to our lives, well, who are the people in this world that you want to be like? Or perhaps, who are you a little bit envious of? Who would you like to have a little bit more of the gifts and the skills that they do? Our children on that, our role models, our children are role models. I would suspect not many of us would think of a child when we're thinking of role model. Well, they should be. You see, Jesus turns the idea again. He flips it up, upside down. We are taught that we're meant to be brilliant people. We recognize and want to be recognized as great achievers with great abilities who get recognition and praise. But in fact... Whatever we do in our work place, in our life, well, it's a very, very small detail in the bigger picture of what type of person you're meant to be. You see, we're, we're to be people who come to the Lord Jesus Christ and our concern is for him, for him to be the one that's recognized. He is the only one that is to be praised. We often take pride in others relying on us. We're in awe of visionaries in the world, those who big, big change, big reform. That's what we often cry out for. Well, we're made to rely on and be in awe of only this Lord Jesus Christ. His vision, he is the visionary. He set the kingdom. He is the one to be praised. And he brings reform like no other could get anywhere near. He brings eternal reform reform that will last forever, and people will praise him for it. Well, are we people of this kingdom? Is that what we teach our kids? Or do we teach them self-sufficiency and capability? Do we want them to grow up quickly to become sufficient in themselves? I've got a whole, we've got a shelf at home of sort of parenting books right across across the way. The, The place is flooded with them. Well, in some ways, parenting is much simpler than we, we make it to be. What do we have to do? Well, we simply keep reminding our kids what they already are. They're in need. Just keep reminding them that they're in need. And the Lord Jesus provides that need. You see, growing as a Christian should be becoming more reliant on him, realizing how incapable we are, relying on him more, not less. And well, our young, our little ones, our babies are a wonderful reminder of that. As we draw to a close, Well, we've had the disciples, we've had the children, and we conclude with the actions of the person in the very center of it all. What is Jesus doing? Did you notice 
in the passage what Jesus is doing? Well, he's in the center. He's clearing the bouncers out of the way. He's making sure there is direct access to him. He wants no one blocking people coming to him. Direct access. And in verse 16, he has the children in his arms. He puts his hands on them and he blesses them. He loves them. He loves those that those outside want nothing to do with, care nothing for. Tenderness, affection, a love for the unimportant. We see again who this Lord Jesus is. He is for us. He is for you, not against you. And he wants us to come to him. And the blessings of following, following him are free for all who come to him. The Gospel of Mark has told of people who get it very wrong on who they think God is through the, the first chapters. We see it lots. The Pharisees, the lawyers of the day, they taught it was all about following the rules, making yourself acceptable before God, more about discipline rather than devotion. Well, Jesus' teaching was highly offensive to what they stood for. The disciples themselves, as we've already looked at, they're very far already. Their, their thoughts are clouded by their own sense of importance, ambition, status. They still don't get it. They still don't under, understand the magnitude of what needs to happen. And Jesus teaches disciples, you need to realize the only way to receive salvation is to trust me and to come. Well, what is your attitude to this Jesus this morning? Is there any part of you that thinks you could save yourself? Perhaps there's some of you who very much love the Christian message, follow it, but you just want to add a little bit more to the message of the cross. We can contribute a little bit that God will accept you as long as you start doing this or as long as you stop doing this. Then we'll be right before God. Well, don't believe it. We need to come as little children, helplessly, uselessly, relying on his grace alone. He alone can give what we need, and he is the only one who can rescue us. The Lord Jesus, in days to come, after this, where we are in, in, in this part of Mark, days to come, well, his journey is to death as he teaches these things. As he's standing before these kids, as he's teaching his friends, his disciples, he knows that very soon he's going to die. His commitment to them is immeasurable. He's about to do the most horrendous and yet the most loving thing he could do for these children by dying for them. And so we don't need to run around our lives. We don't need to run around in fear. Perhaps anxious, are we loved? Does God care for us? He is completely committed to your welfare. See, this is the person who we can trust completely. Your problems, your stresses, your failures, perhaps those are weighing heavy on you this morning. The situation that feels overwhelmingly out of your control, you've tried and you can do nothing about, will be like a child and trust the one who knows and has power over all things. He's made everything. He knows how everything works and where to come and trust him. So I say to you very much as we close, in very much in love this morning, you don't need to be tryhards. Don't waste your time being a tryhard uh, this morning. It's exhausting. I know from personal experience, it's exhausting running around trying to sort everything out. 
for yourself. Instead, ask him for the help we need. Well, in a few moments, we're going to share in the bread and and wine together and communion together. Well, what an opportunity to come forward like a child, overwhelmingly grateful for who this Lord Jesus is. Let's pray together. Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And Father God, we come to you this morning in humility, in repentance of when we think that we contribute to our own salvation, in repentance of the times when we're proud, we think ourselves more important than others around us. Please forgive us for when we ignore others who we put down the rankings. And I do pray this morning that we would indeed know how we need to come to you and that we would respond by coming to you as little babies, as children, offering nothing, but knowing through the Lord Jesus Christ's death and resurrection for us, he gives us all. So I pray, work in our hearts, give us a deep thankfulness for who you are and what you do in us. In Jesus' name. Amen.